0: to you live from the Kintec studio. Kintech footwear and orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotic provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. Sore feet, what are you waiting for? Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. Bic, back on the People Show. It's been a while. Josh been hosting.
1: Yeah, welcome back, Howard.
0: Dom, Dom, were you hosting?
1: Ben, yeah. were you hosting? Is it No, it's just Josh and I. Just Josh? Josh and I. Good for Josh, I suppose. Uh, I'm here every day
0: with you, bro. You You are not here every single day. I am. Are you here on Thursday and Fridays? In spirit? Yeah. (laughs) I guess I I hosted the show too then, in spirit.
1: Man, the People Show, I have been on the People Show or some iteration of it for the last seven years. You are the owner of the People Show. Yeah. Uh, One to four, baby. That's, that's my time.
0: That's Dom Sharmati. Ben behind the glass, intern dag running the show as well. You as well, texting into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox, 650-650. The Dunbar Lumber text message inbox with three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver. Online at DunbarLumber.com. Busy show today. We'll talk to Matt Verderam. From the MMQB getting ready for Super Bowl as well. Manny Viveros will join us as well. Your Vancouver Giants head coach. They will join us on the dispatch, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning hotline. The first call, the only call. We will call them later today. But I do want to start with uh, what we saw last night in the NHL. Vancouver Canucks, get your thoughts in. 650-650. Lindholm gets a couple of goals. And the odds have changed for the Canucks. I heard them talking about it on Canucks Talk. Uh, Sat and I kind of touched on it last night as well. The Stanley Cup odds have changed for, this, for the Vancouver Canucks. And after last night, how much of your opinion has changed on the Canucks with the initial impression of, of Lindholm now? Because, you know, once the trade happens, it's like, all right, it's go time. But there was still so much time between the trade and what we saw last night. And he gets two goals. You couldn't have had a better first impression, scoring those goals, and suddenly it it, it you know stirs up the mind. How much has your opinion changed of what the Canucks can do uh, based on the initial impression of Lindholm? I've done this you know task quite a bit here over the last couple of months, just saying, you know, okay, they're probably and around, you know, the, the 10th, the 12th best team. I know what the record is. Uh, that's, you know, a accomplishment. But if you judge true talent, we sat here for so long talking about go get a top six guy, go get a top six guy. And now you see the initial impression of what it looks like, the immediate returns for Lindome with the double, a brace, as they would say across the pond. How much has your opinion changed? 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. I'm looking at this now because you saw the immediate fit. Like the goals notwithstanding. He he just did so many thoughtful plays across the ice and rewarded with a bunch of ice time as well. The goals are the, the, the nice cherry on top, but I think... You know, I was saying on the postgame show last night, the the baseline has been created for what Lindholm can do because he just provides stability on a line that, and it's not entirely attributed to him. Obviously, Elias Pettersson can can do fantastic work as well, but having another solid top six player on a line. And you just see him just make a, a good play along the board. a smart little pass here in the right spot at the right time in front of the net. He and McKay have almost connected on a couple of passes that, you know, end up in the skates or end up a bit wide. Don't convert on a chance. But you just see the general effectiveness and usefulness from Elias Lindholm, Elias Lindholm on the first game. Now, we'll see how it develops. But the 5-on-5 five five returns to me is uh, an encouraging first step that the... You know, the, the the new fit, fit right away. You need to buy a new pair of shoes. It's a little snug at first, a little tough. You got to wear them in. Uh, there was not a lot of wearing in process for Lindholm and Patterson last night. 650-650. Uh, if it was really the people show, you would let listeners call in and decide what the next segment will be. Facts only. Hey, we have open boards. We say all the time. No, you don't. Six, no, no we, we say. like if, if there's a segment you want to call in, 604-280-0650. I don't always give the phone numbers. No, you don't. But I'm just saying, if, if you want to call in, there's nothing stopping you. 604-280-0650.
1: This is so funny because that's not my text, and we did have this discussion before the show. Yes.
0: But the, the the standing policy on this show has always been, call in. 604-280-0650. There's your phone numbers again. one 650 also as well.
1: you asking me or telling me? I
0: I, I couldn't remember if it was one or one triple? It's a board next to you. <laughs> it's covered. <laughs> That's why I remember the 604 280 That one's imprinted in my mind. Uh, but the other one, uh, yeah, it's it's 888 uh, 275 I'm getting a nod behind the glass, yeah? Yeah, hey, we're good? Okay. We're fine. Uh, 650-650, Gurdip and Prince George. Uh, what would be the best match for the Canucks in the playoffs? We'll touch on some other Canucks stuff in the back end. Uh, asking for Lindholm stuff in the inbox. Uh, this one, honestly, uh, not much. I think the Bruins will take... Most of us off of our pedestal a bit tomorrow. We knew that Lindholm was a power play merchant. Uh, well, he, he thrived in his spot uh, in front of the net. Uh, I was talking about this on the post game last night. That he, in the past couple of years, he's sitting there at twenty second over for for tipped shots, shot attempts uh, for the Canucks or for, across the league. Kreider, Pavelski, they're the gods at it, uh, getting tipped shots. Gensel. Sitting at second over the past couple of years, Lindholm very capable at filling that need uh, for the Vancouver Canucks, and was wide open. Not as if these are contested tips. He is unencumbered, so much room for activities there for for Lindholm in front of the net. Curious to see how power plays start to or penalty kills start to react uh, if they need to dedicate a body there. What does that open up as well? Uh, six fifty, six fifty. Question for you. Hit me.
1: I shouldn't even question. I want to answer that text that just wrote in about the ruins. It's an eighty-two game season. Why are you letting one or two games dictate how you feel about how the Canucks would do in the playoffs? You're gonna let one a one game sample size dictate how you feel?
0: Well, uh, amongst the elite, I can understand. Like that no, that, that, I, game, I don't understand. that game that uh, game Vegas came into town and kind of did whatever they wanted. That one like. If you were to do a tiers, like, that one still has an imprint on me. As much success as Vancouver's had here, if I'm tearing it out of, like, who's the true talent, that one still registers for me. Right, but it's it's one game at a team that if they show that they're playing at their peak, boy, there's not a lot you're going to be able to do. Just because...
1: Who's to say the Canucks weren't playing at their peak that game? Also, in a seven-game series, you have time for adjustments. You have time to, to, of course. to change things up. Of course. I am not going to put weight into a one game into in an 82-game regular season but, uh, where there are numerous amounts of variables that come into play, including travel, injuries, what have you. But eval-
0: th- th- that's why the, the task of, like, oh, this is what the record is versus how it translates to the playoffs is, is a bit of a misnomer because – ultimately like this is going to come down to town like we've seen Tampa Bay not finish first in, in the in the east and you still look at them like man that's a juggernaut that like that is a difficult team to upset and that's fair but th- that's the thing with vegas right it's like you you look at tampa and there was a, a year where it's like they flipped the switch and ultimately you still look at it and say well it's Hedman it's it's Stamkos it's Point it's Vasilevsky, it's all those guys Kucherov name name the player the, the 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 true talent of the team is what still stands out and if you were to do this like to do the tiered exercise and, and you watched last night Edmonton uh Vegas the the last they both looked good they looked
1: really good they looked really good but at the end everyone all of game. a sudden now is crapping on Edmonton because oh they the, the winning streak was filled with teams that were under 500 it's like well no did you watch the game well the, they the, the, played the, good yeah last night uh and and they played
0: good through this run um but it's it's fair to bring up some of the things that uh, Edmonton has gone through. Uh, some OT wins, some shootout wins in there as well. So it's it's, it's not a true uh, 15 game winning streak, 16 game winning streak. But nevertheless, uh, they got 32 points in 16 games. There was a good run for them. But again, it's 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 based on true talent, not just the the one game. And Boston, uh, I, I'm I'm intrigued for tomorrow, man. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, not a... It's 1v2, but first place isn't on the line. Canucks will still hang on to the regulation tiebreaker because uh, Boston's sitting at 25 regulation wins. Canucks sitting at 31. So even if they pick up a regulation loss, they will still be in first place with the tiebreaker. 650-650. Uh, this one, I didn't get a chance to watch. Uh, How was did Did Lindholm's uh, game seem to help in your opinion? Uh, a little bit better from McKayev, but still... You know, it, Still not up to 100%, I don't think, but I I thought it was an improvement from Ilya Mikheyev if the production was not there. Keep coming with the text. I'll have time in the second half of the show uh, to get to more of your thoughts. Want to connect, though, with our good friend from MMQB, uh, Matt Verderam, who joins us now with the Matt Verderam Show as well. Uh, Matt, we talked to you a lot here, so uh, the the, the new venture here, the new
2: Matt Verderam Show, tell us about it. Yeah, the name is not driven from ego. It's driven from, <laughs> I think it's the easiest thing in the world for somebody to search, and I'm lazy. So that was basically the genesis of the name. But yeah, look, I'm, I'm national now at Sports Illustrated, um, but I my roots, my, my bones growing up and coming up through the business were Kansas City Chiefs. I um, uh, covered them for a long time at a few different stops, and so I uh, decided, look, I have the MMQB podcast. It's national. The Matt Veram show is uh, on Patreon, and it's – it's geared toward the Chiefs. Uh, eventually, it's also going to be a YouTube show that is that'll be national. But for right now, it's a Chiefs-based podcast that hopefully people. Check out and subscribe to. There's just a couple different tiers, and I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh,
0: he's at Matt Verderam on uh, social media, uh, so give him a follow. You can find him on our on our social as well. We just posted a tweet of our show lineup, so you can give him a follow there. I mean, what better team to uh, to, to 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 cover as well with with the way they're yeah. trending right now over the past handful of years, and you'd you'd suspect for the for the near future as well. Um, the, the the vibe going into this one, um, you, you know, we, we we got this game a handful of years ago. 49ers and Chiefs, and it was it was a great spectacle. Right. I, I'm not convinced we're, we're getting better versions of the team this time around, but I'm I'm equally as intrigued, and, and it just feels like the, the the pieces some of them have moved on. Jimmy G, in comes Brock, but are, are we going to get a better game than the last one?
2: You know, I I don't I don't know. I mean, I think it depends on your viewpoint of, of Super Bowl 54, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. was a game that really. You know, Mahomes did not play well in mm-hmm. for three quarters, really almost three and a half quarters. And then in the last seven minutes, you turned into to God and they, they pulled away. Um, but it wasn't the cleanest game in the world. I mean, Garoppolo had a pick. Mahomes had a couple of picks. I, I think that this Chiefs team, is, while nowhere near as explosive offensively, mm-hmm. of course, is a far, far better defensive team. And on the flip side... I think that Niners defense was unbelievable. This Niners defense is nowhere near that defense. So I think Mahomes is going to play a lot better this time around, plus he has experience. Um, and I think the Chiefs are a more formidable foe defensively than they were uh, in past years in Super Bowl.
0: That's the thing for me is um, the, the, the 49ers defense to me, it, 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 it feels like it's got high-end profile, but – the, the, the if, if you look under the hood, it, it feels like there's also a lot of gaps here. and they kind of got away with one last game against Detroit because Detroit was bullying them. And I just yeah. the, the fact that the Chiefs have now been through this for so many times, they're not gonna be too consumed by the by the venue and and by the arena of like, oh, this is the Super Bowl. They're gonna be locked in and if if that defense doesn't shore up here, I, I'm not sure if there's going to be
2: a recovery opportunity for San Fran. I think that's kind of the underplayed storyline of this game. Is it defensively? I think everybody just looks at these two teams, and it's like the reputations, right? Like, oh, the Niners have the better defense, and the Niners have this great front, and the Niners are going to do this, that, and the other. How are the Chiefs going to block them? When in reality, the Chiefs defense is significantly better than San Francisco's. I mean, it's not even really that close. The Chiefs have been, by far, the better pressure team this year. They've had more sacks. Uh, they have all-pro corners on both sides, or at least uh, LeGarris Le- need should have been all-pro. McDuffie was one. Um, they have a dominant game-wrecker inside in Chris Jones. They have Carl Loftis who had more than ten sacks this year. They have Mike Dana, who nobody even knows who he is, He has seven and a half sacks this year. Who's going to get a lot more snaps of the men who being out with the torn ACL? They're four deep at linebacker, whether it's Bolton or Tranquil or Gay or Leo Chenal. I mean, they just the biggest strength for the Chiefs' defense is they don't have a weakness. There's nobody that you look at on that defense and say, that's the guy you attack. He's vulnerable. Even when they're in their sub packages and they go to their third and fourth corners. that remains the case. I just wonder in this game with the Niners, if Bosa doesn't wreck shop, what happens? Because if he doesn't do it, the Chiefs are very strong in the interior of the line, even if Allegretti has to play for Tooney. And if Mahomes has time against the defense, he knows what's coming and they sit in zone – that is, a, that is a recipe for a long night with Rice and Kelsey and Pacheco. I just I think a lot of the matchups in this game play to Kansas City's advantage.
0: You mentioned the, the last time these two met in the Super Bowl, Mahomes went into God mode. It feels like the last couple yeah. of weeks here, he's gone into, I don't know, God mode. It's been fantastic. But it just feels like he knows how to win the game now rather than just Overpower the game. He just puts his thumb on the scale at the right times, and suddenly you look up and you're like, "Wow, they're 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 doing it again." And he's 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 kind of the old Wiley guy at the YMCA that just knows how to play pickup ball in the post and just just scores at will and and does what he needs to do. Is this like the the finest version of Patrick Mahomes we're getting? I think it's the
2: craftiest. Yeah, um, yeah. A Mah- Mahomes is almost like a, a pitcher who has the ability to just blow you away with 100 miles an hour and maybe early in his career relied on that and, like, his, his big hook, right? Like the Nolan Ryan 12-6. to 6. But now it's to a point where it's like, I don't have to throw 100. I can throw 95, and I can just hit the corners, and I'm going to get you up. But if I have to, if I have to rear back and throw 100 miles an hour ball blow by you, I will. And I think that's kind of where we're at with him. I mean, you look at that Ravens game. He came out throwing that 100-mile-an-hour heater first half of the game where the Ravens just could do nothing to stop him. I mean, he had one incompletion. Then the second half of the game, pretty conservative, not going to make the mistake, kind of nibbling on the corners to continue with the analogy. But when they needed him to make, one big throw to end that game, right down the middle. I mean, that's that's where in this game, I think if you're the Niners, look, if you want to paint a picture that San Francisco wins, it's going to start, they got to get pressure. They have to. And if they can't get pressure, and I mean a lot of it, not just like, hey, they got home here and there. Like, they've got to get home relentlessly in this game, knock him off the spot, make him throw the ball away, make him throw a pick. If they can't do that, even though the Chiefs receivers are underwhelming after Rice and Kelsey, he's just going to find guys. He's Patrick Mahomes. Like At some point, he's going to find Justin Watson. He's going to find Marcus Valdez-Scantling. He's going to run for 12 yards. Like, it's just, that's what he does. The Niners are going to have to figure out ways to unlock a defensive line that, frankly, in the playoffs, and really through a lot of the year, has just been pretty average. It has not been great outside of Bosa, who, of course, is fantastic.
0: Uh, on the Forty er side, is is Kyle Shanahan kind of mirroring uh, Andy Reid a bit? Uh, that he's this offensive genius. He's had all the success, and he, he hasn't knocked down the door of of the Super Bowl championship. And Reid had so many opportunities there in Philly, and you know, lost the one, never really got right. over it. And I I, I feel like. Andy Reid fits Kansas City so much better than, I think, Philadelphia. And I think Kyle Shanahan fits San Francisco so well. Like, there's Bill Walsh's perspective. There's the, that, that, that offensive philosophy. It just it feels like it belongs in San Francisco. But I just wonder if, like, if he doesn't get this one, it, it's he, he's always going to be around. But I feel like the questions just start to loom like they did in the mid-2000s for Andy Reid.
2: It's a fair comparison, you know, early Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. I think a lot like some other great coaches who just haven't gotten over the hump or, or maybe never got over the hump, depending on what, which guy you're talking about, Shanahan just truly hasn't had the quarterback. I mean, and I'm not saying Brock Purdy is not the quarterback, but like the reality is, mm-hmm. if you sat down and you took pen to paper and you listed out the best quarterbacks in the NFL, the guys who you said to you said, look, I got to win a game, I want this guy, where does Purdy fall on that list? I sat down and did that earlier this week, and for me, he falls somewhere between like 15 and 18. And that sounds like a big knock, but like when you really stop and think about it, you know, would you take Jordan Love over him? Would you take C.J. Stroud over him? Would you take, you know, would would you take a Dak Prescott? I think that's an interesting conversation, Dak Prescott. But like a lot of these guys, you would. And the problem for Shanahan is, look, he's now coaching his second Super Bowl. Well, who's he seen in both these Super Bowls? I mean, he's seen a guy that you can play almost perfect football. And if you make one mistake defensively, game's over. If you make one big error in a tight game, you're done. I mean, think about the first Super Bowl. That Niners defense was spectacular. And they were perfect defensively for 53 minutes. And in the last seven minutes, they got a little bit tired and didn't get home as much. And they gave up 21 points in seven minutes. Now, this offense is not built to do that. I think Shanahan... Look, I don't think – if they lose this game, to me, it's not a reflection of him. He is a great coach, a wonderful scheme. He's creative. He's got a wealth of weapons. But let's be honest. I mean, they are playing – no matter what you think of Purdy, they are at a significant disadvantage at the most important position in this football game. There's no two ways. And you've got to overcome that. I don't care how great of a coach you are. That is a very hard thing to overcome. The thing is, though, Matt, is, is he's willingly
0: choosing that. Right? Like – I feel like that's part of the reputation then. It'd be one thing if it's, you know, like an injury happens and you're making the best case scenario sure. of, of a quarterback situation, but he's willingly choosing to run with Matt Schaub and Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo. So I, I look at that and say, well, it, it's a pattern of behavior then for Kyle Shannon. And then it is, hey, let's just go get the stud. And then the, the time they tried to do it, they chose wrong with Trey Lance, but it it, right. it, it feels like he's right.
2: willingly choosing this. Well, I think to your point, you know they they did swing big for Trey Lance. They whiffed. I mean that that's they wanted to go. Get, I mean they you know people forget this now. They drafted Trey Lance right after that first Super Bowl. I mean he was the, the pick right after that. They went out and said we know Jimmy Garoppolo is essentially not good enough for us to win unless everything's perfect around him, and they went out and they traded a fortune and Trey Lance. Is not a good NFL quarterback. Didn't work out. And so now, you know, they look – I mean, they would tell you they lucked into Purdy, and they've got Purdy. And Purdy is, I think, an average NFL quarterback. You want to say slightly above average, that's fine. Um, but, you know, they have not been able to find that great quarterback, that guy who puts them over the hump. They, you know, and they haven't been able to swing that big trade. You know, they've, they've swung big trades for other positions, a guy like McCaffrey, of course. Uh, but they – they haven't done that at quarterback, and that's hard. You know, very rarely is that guy available anyway. Uh, but they are playing against the odds when you when you're in the regular season and you're this loaded as this Niners team is. That's one thing you can just overpower teams. You can overpower the Arizona Cardinals. But when you get in the playoffs and you play the best teams, we and look. I don't think the Green Bay is one of those teams yet. They're on the come up for sure. But like they're not. They they had to fight tooth and nail get a little luck to win that game. The Lions game they needed a lot of help to win that game. But this game against Kansas City, I mean they're going to have to play the best game they've played all year because they are starting out with a huge disadvantage at quarterback. And it's just it's hard. It's hard to overcome. Shanahan's going to have to be brilliant in this game for them to especially against Pagano. Which team's
0: got the more pressure in the spot? Cuz we we judge Reed and we judge Mahomes against Eternal greatness, right? It's, 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 you're chasing the Patriots, you're chasing Brady, and you're chasing the, the, the Steelers and all that. You got to try to get to seven, eight rings. And we're, we're judging Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers, go get this one, go, go get, right, break the
2: barrier. But who's got more pressure on them in this game? That's a really tough question. I think they both do. I, I mean, I, if, if you, if you had to pick a side, I'd say the 49ers just because they haven't won yet. I mean, they, they have not won. And if they lose this game, you know, listen, you're getting to a point where, you know, they're not going to keep this core around forever. It's too talented. It's too expensive. Like, some of these guys are going to start leaving. You know, I mean, at some point here, Purdy's extension eligible after next year. I mean, it, it sounds – like that's going to be really interesting. Like, what happens if Purdy is another year like he just had, but they don't win the Super Bowl this year or next year, and he goes, hey, I want $55 million a year because that's the going rate? The Niners are going to pay it to him? Then you're really going to find out what they think of Brock Purdy one way or the other, But I, I think, I think the Chiefs have the pressure on them from the standpoint that you mentioned, which is, look, they're chasing ghosts. And when you're doing that, there is a singular pressure that comes with, hey, look, we know we win this game. We're one of the greatest NFL teams in history, period. End of story. I mean, I, I think if they win this game, they're probably the third-best team in the Super Bowl year. Like, they are they're cementing themselves. And there is pressure with that. But I think as the game goes on, like, they've been there. I mean, just last year, they were in a game that was tied with nine seconds left in the Super Bowl. Like, they they know how to go through this and to come out on the other side. So I would say San Francisco, but I think there's definitely pressure on both things. Uh, before we let you go, uh, we need a pick, man. Well, you know, I got to be honest. I really – I think it's going to be a good game early. I think the Chiefs are going to pull away from this game late. I just I – trust, I trust Mahomes – I think the Chiefs' defense is significantly better. I think they're going to do things that cause some turnovers in this game. I, I like the Chiefs probably a little bigger, maybe than I even should. I like them going away. I think they win this game mm. like thirty-four uh-huh. seventeen. I really do. I think I think they. I think it's close to the first half, and then they just kind of pull away and pull out of station. I think they'll find a way to win the game by a couple scores.
0: I've been flip-flopping a lot myself. Uh, I'll make my official pick on Friday, but we appreciate you doing yours on uh, uh, Wednesday here. He's Matt Verderam from MMQB and the Matt Verderam Show. Uh, we'll chat soon.
2: Hey, thanks a lot. Take care, guys.
0: At Matt Verderam on social media, again, from MMQB and the Matt Vertaram show. All right, on the other side, we'll talk to Manny Viverosh, your Vancouver Giants head coach. It's all coming up here on the Home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650.